welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Paul Dickinson authored a book, and the name of the book was called Names. And in it, he pointed out some different types of names that people have. Some of them are kind of humorous. Some of them are kind of funny. I want to share a couple of them with you. In Springdale, Arizona, there's a guy whose name is Rusty Nail. (laughs) What's wrong with those parents? Can I just... (laughs) There was a girl in California who was named Crystal Chandelier. (laughs) Then, of course, there was a young man named Jedi Knight, some Star Wars fans in the house. There was a Harry Pitts, <laughs> Anita Bath, and Justin Time. <laughs> Again, I don't know what's wrong with these parents. And then there were some that names that kind of seemed prophetic. Uh, there was two guys in 1941 that were elect- electrocuted in the electric chair. You know what their names were? Will Byrne and Will Frizzle. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, can you? There was a window washer who died in Montreal. You know what his name was? Will Drop. Should have seen that one coming. How about this? Uh, There was a guy named Joe Bunt who grew up to become a baseball coach. There's, of course, Dan Druff who became a barber. Jeff Treadwell became a podiatrist. I believe he played for the Houston Astros too. Wasn't there Jeff Treadwell? Anyway. (laughs) And then there were two police officers who ended up being partners. And guess what their last names were? Go forth and catch them. (laughs) (laughs) That police chief was smart putting those two together, right? But my favorite one, and you guys know I'm immature. Okay, we already know that, right? This is my favorite one. There was a urologist, and guess what his name was? P.P. Peters, okay? (laughs) Apparently, you're not as immature as I am. But (laughs) if you're a guest or you're watching online, still watching online, we're glad that you're joining us. We've been in a series called The Great I Am. And this series has really kind of been the culmination of really this entire year that we've been walking through together. And we've been asking this question, who or what are you going to build your life on? Every single man, woman, and child make that decision whether they realize it or not. You're building your life on something. The question is what and who. And hopefully for you, it's just the great I am. And we're going to talk about this for the last four weeks. And this is going to be leading up to our Christmas series. And as you know, I've been giving you little drops about what we're doing for Christmas. I've kind of been stringing you along. Yes, that's on purpose because I want to help you guys understand something. But I've got a really exciting announcement for you. Our Christmas series is going to start the first week of December. And the announcement is that it's going to be called... A Christmas Story. (laughs) How many of you like the movie A Christmas Story? Okay, I love that movie. I'm the guy that used to watch it all the time, right, and see that. So we're going to take that from culture, and we're going to talk about the Christmas story, which is Jesus Christ, and we're going to be doing that. There's another reason why we did this series, and it's so cool how God works this. As many of you know, we've developed a great partnership with the Lewis and Clark Theater, which is just two doors down. They're our physical neighbors, and they're also our community neighbors as well. If you haven't heard yet, they're doing a play this Christmas, guess what it's called? A Christmas Story. Okay, that was on purpose. We did that on purpose because we want to partner with them throughout this series. And this is the one other exciting announcement that I have today. You guys... You guys are getting an exclusive, okay? I just want to let you know, if you're watching online, you're lucky you tuned in today. You're getting an exclusive. So what we're doing here with the Lewis and Clark Theater, partnering with Celebrate Church and Cheers Pizza Plus, right? How does this work together? You get the opportunity 
to purchase dinner and a show is what we're calling it. So you come here to Cheers, you buy your ticket, and you pay for a, a meal. It's going to be a four-course meal cooked by Ursula. Okay, you're three-course meal. Sorry, <laughs> I just got the update. It's a three-course meal. Your drink will be the fourth course, right? Okay, <laughs> a three-course meal cooked by Ursula Hayes. You had me right there, okay? You don't need to go anymore for the with Ursula. But you buy the ticket. It'll have the meal. It'll come with the ticket to the show. So you get to come here, enjoy the meal, and get to go over there and enjoy the show. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a cool partnership that we can have and do that? You guys are getting the exclusive on that. Now, so if you want to be part of that, uh, let me know, and we'll put your name on a wait list because we're going to get the tickets probably this week so you can do that. Here's the reason why. For all the shows, there's only going to be 20 of those available. Okay, so it's kind of an exclusive deal that you guys are, are getting. But we're going to talk about this in the community. We're going to promote it. And so as they come here for the show, they get to come to Cheers. They get to eat good food. They get to go enjoy the show. But as they're doing that, remember, why are we doing this? What's the point of this? They get to see that we're doing the same series here. And we get to tell them about the light of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you. If maybe you're here and you're thinking, that might be something I want to do, I'm going to challenge you to maybe think of somebody in your life who maybe doesn't know Jesus Christ. And maybe for your Christmas present for them, instead of getting them something from Amazon that they're going to return anyway, okay, maybe you say, hey, you know what I'm going to do for Christmas? I'm going to get you dinner and a show. You come here, you enjoy a great meal, you go there, you watch a great show, and then you say, hey, by the way, why don't you come here on Sunday with me and I'll tell you about Jesus. And that'd be cool. See, and that's how we do that stuff. That's how we live that out. So I'm super excited about that. And there's going to be more things coming about that. Hope talked about the decorating. We're going to deck this place out. This is just like a, a drop in the bucket, what you see today. Okay, there's a whole bunch more coming. And, uh, but I love that. But that's, again, why are we doing that? Because we want people to understand the Christmas story, and that's Jesus Christ. So throughout this series, The Great I Am, we're going to be talking about kind of leading up to that. But the final week of this series is going to be November 27th. And I want to mention that, keep, put that on your calendar. It's very important you understand. That's the weekend of Thanksgiving. And as you know, many people either go places for Thanksgiving or you have family coming here. If you have family that are coming here for Thanksgiving, I'm going to really challenge you and invite you to have them come and be here that Sunday because I'm going to give probably one of the clearest messages of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I've ever given. And God's put this on my heart because I said, listen, there's going to be people in this that are going to come visit that might not know Jesus. Maybe this is the only time that you're going to get them to come. Make sure they come this Sunday, that Sunday, the 27th. Be praying for that and be saying, God, prepare their hearts for that because that's what we're going to wrap up this series with. So just as kind of by way of review, um, we started this series out last week and we talked about how we live in a world where everything changes. And we'd agree, everything changes in our world, doesn't it? Our world constantly changes and it's not going to slow down. It's going to keep getting faster and faster. But we said in a world that always changes, what are you going to build your life on? Are you going to allow the ever-changing world to change you? Or are you going to allow the unchangeable God? Because you see, although everything changes in our world, God never changes. And we're going to build on that promise. And that's what I am going to build on. The solid rock of Jesus Christ I stand because all of the ground, church, is sinking sand. And so today, to continue this series with the great I am, we're going to be talking about names. And I mentioned in our early story, names matter, don't they? What you name somebody is super important and significant. See, names are who we are. Names are how people address us with those names that I just shared. Some of you had some visual images, again, of their job or what happened to them, right? Names really matter. What you may know, uh, some of you know this, there's actually four 
Pastor Jeff's in Yankton, South Dakota right now. I don't know if you knew that or not, but isn't that crazy? What are the odds of that? Four Pastor Jeff's in Yankton, South Dakota. Here's the funny story. This week, I was at a community function, and uh, like three of the four Pastor Jeff's were in that room, okay? And they do the thing where they go around and everybody says their name and what they do, right? I, of course, was the third Pastor Jeff to introduce myself, so I couldn't miss the opportunity. I said, yeah, I'm the third Pastor Jeff here, and I have a joke with the other Pastor Jeff's, just so you know, but I said this at the meeting. I said, and if you always want to keep us straight, like who's, which one's which, I'm the good-looking one, <laughs> Hey, you guys laughed harder at that than you should have. <laughs> but they never did so. Anyway, but why do I say that? Because names matter, don't they? You need to identify yourself as who you are and what they are, how people address you. Names talk about how you speak of other people, right? If I were to say a name to you in this room right now, maybe some of you would be like, ooh, or maybe some of you would be like, wow. You know, it has an impact, doesn't it? Just by simply hearing someone's name can impact you. Why do I tell you all that? Why is that important? Because when it comes to God, his name matters. The name of God matters even more significantly. It's who God is. It's how we address him. It's how we spoke about him. Let me, ask, let me put it to you like this. When you say God, when you say the name of God, some images come to mind of people of a God that's wrathful. A God that's full of vengeance. A God that's full of condemnation. See, when you think of God, some people think of that. Or when you say the name of God, some people think of a God who's absent or aloof. A God who put the world in motion and I'm just going to go sit over here and let things go and, and fall apart. Or maybe when you say the name of God, people think of a God who's very controlling. A God who's very demanding and, and wants you to stay in line like an overcorrective parent. Are any of those a God that you're thinking of? Because here's what I want to let you know. None of those gods exist. See, I wouldn't believe in that God either. And that's what the unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. Names matter. And how we see God matters. It's who he is. It's how we address him. It's how we speak about him. So in your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you a Bible. There's also a free app available on any smartphone called YouVersion. You can download it right now. But Exodus chapter 3, for those of you who are part of our Old Testament class, this will be familiar to you. The children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. They had been there for over 400 years, and God raised up a guy named Moses to come and set the people free. But Moses, much like many of us, um, didn't always do what God asked him to do. <laughs> and, and, and Moses thought for his first 40 years of life that he was somebody pretty important. And then he, something happened, and for the next 40 years, he realized he was a nobody. And then Exodus 3 starts off with saying, Moses... God can find out what God can do with a nobody. Amen? And so Moses comes before God. He's on the Mount Sinai, and he appears in the form of a burning bush. Maybe you've remembered this story before. In Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to start in the 13th verse. Moses said to God, God had said to Moses, you're going to go to Pharaoh and free my people. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Listen to what God says, church. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That phrase, I am who I am, is so significant, and we need to unpack it. See, this is where we get the title of our series, The Great I Am. So let me help you what I'm doing with this. In Hebrew, 
This phrase is actually translated four letters. You might want to write this down. Y-H-W-H. That's the English translation of the Hebrew word. And maybe you've heard this pronounced before, Yahweh. Anybody heard Yahweh before? This is where that comes from. Here's what you need to understand about this name of God, where God says, I am what I am. Nobody actually knows how to actually pronounce it. Because the Jewish people thought this name was so sacred, they actually quit pronouncing it about the third century. So for the last 2,000 years, nobody has really said this name out loud. We honestly don't know how to say it. But we say it in English sometimes. It's Yahweh. It's the name of God. I am that I am who he said to Moses. And some of you have maybe heard the name Jehovah. How many heard the name Jehovah before? Okay, here's what you need to understand about Jehovah. Jehovah is actually the Latin translation of Yahweh. Hebrew, what the original Old Testament was written in, was translated into Latin, which was translated into English. So the English translation of Latin is Jehovah. There's a whole group of people that say God's name is Jehovah. They're not wrong. They just don't know their history because <laughs> they say there's no other name of God. Well, that's the Latin name. Makes sense? So why is that name so important? Here's the thing. It's so sacred, the Israelites wouldn't even speak it. In fact, when you read the Old Testament, as you read along in most Bibles, you'll come along the word Lord. And the word Lord is all capitalized, L-O-R-D, all capitalized. That's the translation of that word Yahweh. There's other names that they would use instead of that because it was so holy. They would call God Elohim, El Shaddai, and that was El is the actually translation God, where we come up with the name of God. Here's the other thing that you need to know about the name of God from a Jewish perspective. When they would transcribe the books of the Old Testament, and we have thousands of copies of this from the generations of, of Jewish scholars who would write these scrolls. And, and again, they didn't have the internet back then. They didn't have laptops. Okay? They had to do everything with a big scroll and a, and a quill and ink. And whenever they had to write the name of God, before they wrote that four-letter name Yahweh, they had to go through a purification rite. They would have to take a new pen. They would write those four letters, they would throw that pen away, and they would have to go through another purification rite before they can write anything else in the Bible. Now, why do I tell you that? Because they took the name of God very seriously, didn't they? Think of how long it took to transcribe a scroll. If I was one of those scribes and I saw the name of God four times, like, oh, it's going to be a long day today. <laughs> it's gonna, we can't just type it out. It's the name of God. And here's the other thing that I want to understand about this. The name of God, why it's so significant. In Jesus, there's some people that say that Jesus never claimed to be God. And again, I'm not going to argue that point, but what I'm saying is you don't understand your history. Look at John chapter 8. This is the Pharisees. They're arguing with Jesus. And this is what Jesus says. Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. What Jesus is saying there is exactly what God said in Exodus chapter 3. Jesus at that point is saying, I am equal to God, to which at that point they tried to kill him because that's what you did when you blasphemed God's name. So either Jesus is a blasphemer or he actually is God. I contend he is God. That's why I don't understand the argument when people say Jesus never claimed to be God. It's right there. Why am I telling you all of that? What do you need to take away from that? God's name matters. It's very significant. It's who he is. It's how we address him, and it's how we speak about him. Therefore... When Moses rescued the children of Israel from the Passover out of Egypt and brought them back to that mountain where Moses first met this God and God gave his law to these people, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, God gave this command. I'd like us to read this out loud together. It's going to be on the screen behind me. 
you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The language there is Yahweh Elohim, the Lord your God. Maybe you've heard the phrase, we shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. How many of you heard that phrase before? <laughs> okay, this is where it comes from. We should not take the Lord's name in vain. To which you might ask the question, okay, pastor, why is that such a big deal? Okay, why did this make God's top 10 list? Many of you think David Letterman created the top 10 list. He didn't. It was actually God. God made a top 10 list. This is God's 10 commandments, right? And you're, you may say, okay, pastor, I understand murder. Okay, I get that one. I understand lying. I understand stealing. I understand adultery. I can even understand coveting. But really, why this one? Why does this matter so much? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. If you got your note sheets, we're going to take it out. We're going to talk about why the name of God matters. And I got two ways how we take God's name in vain. And here's why I want to set this up for you. There's really, of these two ways, there's one of these ways that gets a lot of attention, a lot of focus, and there's another one that doesn't. We'll unpack that for you, but here's the first one. How we take God's name in vain is the profane. We profane the name of God. This is the one that gets a lot of attention, doesn't it? We've all heard that. I asked the question, who's heard Lord's name in vain? Most of us raised our hand before. I'm always reminded of the story of this little boy, and I love this little boy. He was selling his lawnmower, and a pastor walked by, and uh, he wanted to buy this lawnmower from the little boy. Well, the pastor started pulling the lawnmower, and it, and it didn't start, and so the pastor's like, well, son, I, I think you're trying to sell me something that doesn't work here. And the little boy says, no, pastor, the, the lawnmower works, trust me. It's just that when you pull the cord to start it, to get it to start, you got to cuss at it. <laughs> and the pastor says, young man, I'm a pastor. I haven't cussed for over 30 years. Little boy looked at him and said, keep pulling that string. It'll come back to you. <laughs> I love that joke. It's my favorite joke. But why do I say that? Because swearing gets a lot of attention, doesn't it? The name of the profane of that. And there was a 20th century philosopher by the name of George Carlin, to which you might say, well, he wasn't a philosopher. I disagree with that. George Carlin was one of the great American philosophers. And as you know, he became famous for his what? Seven words you can't say on TV. And George Carlin made this statement. He said, you know, we have more words to describe profanity than actual bad words. And he would go on to say, you know, we call it swearing. We call it cussing. We call it cursing. We call it blue, off color. We call it lewd. But then Carlin says, but all I can think of, and then he listed seven words. <laughs> and I'm not going to say them in case you thought I was going to, okay? But he listed seven words that were profane. And here's the interesting part. People got so mad and so angry when he did that that they actually filed a federal complaint with the FCC and there actually now is written in the rules that you can't say those seven words on television. Isn't that interesting? Now, why do I say all that? Okay, none of those words that George Carlin said were edifying. None of those words are appropriate. I'm not here to argue that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Not one of those words was taking God's name in vain. Did you know that? See, here's why I say that. I think sometimes as a church, we get distracted by things that don't really matter to God. See, God's name should not be taken in vain, and I think we fought the wrong battle. Let me give you an illustration with what I'm talking about. If I was up here today, and I would have said one of those seven words, or, or let's just say I, I stubbed my toe and I dropped the F-bomb, okay? Now, you might get mad. You might get up and you might leave, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But if I would have dropped my paper and say, oh, my God, would you even notice? See, I think as a church sometimes we get distracted by stuff that doesn't really matter. See, God's name matters, and we don't want to take his name in vain. So just to define this for you so I can be really clear, using God's name when you're not talking 
to him or about him is taking his name in vain. And God's not okay with that. Why is it that God's name gets attached when things go wrong? Like when we stub our toe, we hit our finger, or we're shocked, or we're angry, we say those things. Why is that? And I think it's because we don't understand the profanity of God's name and how we should not use his name in vain. Here's what I think we should give God. God's name should come up when we give praise and glory. When things go right, we say, glory to God. Not usually. Maybe we should. It's how we address God. It's who he is. It's how we speak about him. Now, again, the profane, that's the one that gets a lot of attention. There's a second way we take God's name in vain, and that's what I really want to focus on because I think that one gets missed. Here's the second way we take God's name in vain. I'm calling it the mundane. See, the first way gets a lot of attention, but I would say this one is probably more common and even more dangerous. Let me help you with what I'm talking about. See, we reduce God to a lucky charm that we want to rub just to get something. We need something, God, so we're going to come over here and we're going to rub our God lucky charm and hopefully that'll work for us. That's making God's name mundane. How about this? We pull out Jesus when we want to look good in a situation. Oh, yeah, here's Jesus. But then when I want to go do something I want to do that I know is not okay, I put Jesus over here and say, Jesus, I'm not going to look at you right now. See, that's taking Jesus' name in mundane. How about this? James 1 talks about how we praise God with our mouth, and with the same mouth we curse men and women who have been made in God's likeness. And James says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be so. Did you know that when you curse another human being, you're being mundane with the name of God because God created that person? How about this? When we read God's word or maybe don't read God's word, and we neglect it, and we want to try to fit it into our life, or we say, okay, God, this is what it says, or this is what I want it to be. I want to ask for a show of hands, but I wonder how many of us got up this morning and spent time in God's word before we came here or throughout this week. See, here's what I would say. Making God's name mundane is far more common and far more dangerous. Look at what Jesus says, Matthew 15, verse 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God's not interested in your lip service. Can I just say that? God knows your heart, and he wants you to act out what you're saying. And we don't want to make God's name mundane. We want to live it out. We just wrapped up an eight-week series on prayer. And I asked this question. I said, I don't think we really truly get prayer. And even after we finished the series, even in my own heart, I was like, man, do I really get it? Because if we truly understand prayer, it changes everything. We have the privilege of talking to the God of the universe, church. This is not some lucky rabbit foot we pull out when we need a boost or we have a concern. Do you understand that he has actual power and authority? See, we can make God's name mundane, and we need to protect that and understand that. So we would all agree we don't want to profane the name of God, right? We want to just use God's name or Jesus' name only when we're speaking to him or about him. Okay? And we don't want God's name to be mundane. We want to just speak God's word. We don't want to just speak God's word. We want to live it out. So I'm going to give you two ways that we can use God's name correctly. So you want to write these down. Here's the first way we can use God's name correctly. We want to use it carefully. Carefully, thoughtfully. Admire, respect, and awe. Slow down and think about what you're saying. Let me give you an example if there was somebody who you had a lot of respect for, 
Men, do you remember the first time you met your spouse or your girlfriend's father, for instance? <laughs> you didn't walk in that room and said, hey, dude, what's up? You would have probably got smacked, wouldn't you? <laughs> okay? You need, yes, sir, of course, yes. You, know, you want to show them respect. It's the same for God. We want to slow down. We want to give God respect and honor. I was going to use the analogy of if the president of the United States walked in here, but I think that might divide the room, so we won't say that. But let's, let's pretend there's somebody that we all respected and admired, and they walked in the room. I guarantee you, you would treat them with that respect and honor. Church, that's all I'm asking, is when we come before the presence of a holy God, we understand that. Now, we understand we can address God as our Father. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand what we're doing and use his name carefully. Look at what Philippians 2.10 says. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you understand that at one point, every knee, every person who has ever lived throughout human history is going to bow their knee and declare Jesus as Lord? Did you know that? And did you know that there's going to come a point for some where it's too late, where they acknowledge it and they go, oh, man, I was wrong. And we have the privilege of understanding that here on earth where we say, yes, Jesus' name is above every name, and I'm going to bow my knee to him now by choice before it's too late. We need to understand that Jesus' name is powerful. We need to use it carefully. Here's the second thing we need to do. And this, I would say, is probably even more important. We need to use it clearly. We understand that our actions speak louder than our words. So is what I'm saying matching how I'm living? If you're unclear about that, ask your children <laughs> or your spouse or your coworkers. Is what I'm saying when I say I'm following God, is it matching how I'm living my life? Because I would contend that's what the unbelieving world finds unbelievable. I've had so many conversations with people that say, I have nothing to do with church because so-and-so, my parent, my whatever, my did, and they would say this, but I wouldn't live it out. I don't want to have anything to do with that hypocrisy. How are you living out your life? Titus 1.16 says, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Now, I want to make sure that I'm very clear on something because we talked about this last week. I'm not talking about being perfect. Uh, if all the perfect people in the room stand up, then I'm going to leave because you guys should come up here and preach, okay? Nobody's perfect, and I'm not asking you to be perfect. But as we said last week, what do we need to do instead of being perfect? We need to do what, church? We need to practice. That was weak. We're going to try it again. What do we need to do, church? We need to practice because practice makes what? You're going to fail. It's going to happen. Okay, so I'm not trying to beat you up here. I'm just saying practice what God says. But I'm going to give you another word today to add to your practice. And the word is humility. This is what is lacking from our world. And this is what our unbelieving world finds unbelievable. When you put yourself up that you're the almighty Christian and you never do anything wrong. And everybody in the room knows better than that, right? Because what's going to happen? You're going to fail. It's going to happen. And when you do, because it will happen, have humility. And say, listen, don't make excuses. Don't deny it. Don't minimize it. Don't blame other people. Say, listen, I blew it. You're right. That was not okay. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Show that humility and show that grace because that's what will bring about reconciliation. Because again, people already know you're not perfect. God is. 
And, and what I would push back on that to say, are you trying to build a name for yourself or are you trying to build a name for God? Because if you want to build a name for yourself, man, you can try to fool people all you want. They're going to see through that and you're not going to reach anybody for lost for Jesus Christ. That's what a lost world needs to see. Honest, humble people who are practicing saying, I'm trying to get this right. See, God's name matters. It's who he is. It's how we address him. It's how we speak about him. Let me give you one more just to kind of help you understand this. June 16th, 2001, I had the privilege of standing up in front of a church in Mitchell, South Dakota, and this beautiful woman named Elaine walked up the aisle. She took my hands, and we were joined in marriage in the eyes of God and the eyes of our family, and it was a great day. It was a wonderful day. Something really cool happened that day that I don't want you to miss. She took my name. See, for her entire life to that point, she was Elaine Stephanie Larson. And on that day, she said, I'm going to take the name of my husband, and I'm going to be Elaine Stephanie Todd. And for the last 21 years, nearly as long as she's been alive now, she's been Elaine Todd, and I hope for much longer she's going to continue to do that as well. Why do I say that, church? Because God has invited you to do the same thing. God has invited you to take his name, the name that is above all names, and to be joined together with him and say, listen, it's not about Jeff Todd anymore. It's about God. I want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, church. But do you want that name, <laughs> the name that's above every name? Or are you trying to make a name for yourself? Are you trying to lift up your own name above God's name? Which one are you trying to do and again, Exodus 20, verse 7. Let's read it again out loud. It's going to be on the screen behind me. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Do not profane the name of God. Only use the name God and Jesus when you're speaking about him or to him. But even more importantly, don't make God's name mundane. Don't just speak out God. Live out his name take his name. Speak his name carefully and clearly. You know, one day, my name is going to be completely forgotten. I have never been to a cemetery before where I've seen a wooden headstone. You ever notice that before? <laughs> you know why? Because wood rots away. Do you know why I think a lot of people want their name in stone? It's because they want to be remembered. They want their name to last and stand there. But yet, here's the problem that I have. My kids right now barely know who my grandparents were. My grandparents had been dead for decades before my kids were ever born. And they know their names. I think they've heard their name, but I wonder how often their kids will know their name. Do you see how in just three generations, we're almost completely got forgotten from the face of this earth? You can continue to spend your life trying to build a name for yourself, or you can surrender to the name above every name. The name that lasts for all eternity, which is Jesus Christ. That at his name, every knee should bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He is the great I am, not Jeff Todd. Which name are you living for? And as a follower of Jesus Christ, we have the privilege of taking the name of the God of the universe. The one true God, the great I am. Let's pray. Lord, this is always the most difficult part for me because in a minute i got to put this microphone down and I have to live out what you just said. 
And God, I'm just going to say, I, I think if there's anything right now in my life or maybe anyone in this room or watching online, if there's a confession moment that needs to happen, I pray that that would happen. That maybe, God, maybe we have been used your name in profane ways. Or God, maybe we've been distracted by what the world calls profanity, but your Bible doesn't actually call profanity. And maybe we've been getting up on our soapbox and we need to climb back down and we need to say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to honor God. And I'm not saying to participate in that, but maybe we need to look at our own hearts sometimes and say, hey, what really does it mean to misuse the name of God? And God, again, I, I'm not asking for any guilt or condemnation. That's not who you are. You're a loving God. But as a father loves their children, God, sometimes you need to gently correct us and say, listen, watch what you say. Be careful how you speak about me. And most importantly, be careful of how you live out how other people are watching you. And in those moments where we fail, God, because it's going to happen, give us that humility, the same humility that Christ had, that we can say, yeah, oh, man, I blew that one. Boy, I'm going to try to get better. Thank you so much for pointing that out to me. Because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to lift up the name of Jeff Todd. I'm not trying to lift up the name of Celebrate Church. I'm trying to lift up the name above every name. You, Lord, the great I am. And as your word says over and over again, your whole desire is that everyone in the world would know your name before it's too late. Because God, there is a day coming where every knee will bow and some will do it in submission and some will do it in humiliation. I don't want that to be any of my neighbors. I don't want that to be any of my family members. I don't want that to be anybody in our community. And that the word on the street in Yankton, South Dakota would be because there is a church called Celebrate Church. They meet in a restaurant. That's kind of weird. But man, they lift up the name of Jesus. They don't care about lifting up their name. That's something I want to be a part of. And that the whole world would know the name of the great I am. God, we thank you and we praise you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.